Welcome to the June 2022 episode of the Presale Pulse, a real estate show dedicated to everything happening in real estate across Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. Now, housing sales in Metro Vancouver fell for a second consecutive month as the resale market continues to soften. Now, upward pressure on home prices has begun to ease in the housing market over the last two months. Yet, just how hard this lever is being pulled in any given direction is still under the influence of supply. The increased choice for buyers, the tightening loan environment, interest rates, of course, and the general market uncertainty have really led to the first price declines in our marketplace in over two years. So I'm Ryan Lalonde, and of course, here with me today is our very own marketing maverick, MLA Canada's top gun, Susanna Gonzalez. Thanks, Ryan. Suze, what's the call sign? Uh, my call sign is Swaggy. 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 Oh, they call me Hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it going. Should we send the link out to the app <laughs> so people know what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's check the comments below. I think it's worth your time. Now, if you are new to the channel, uh, the Presale Pulse is all about recapping both the pre-sale and the resale marketplace over the past 30 days. We want to touch on everything trending in our industry and ensure our subscribers feel like they have their fingers on the pulse and become real estate intelligent. Now, in today's episode, we'll be speaking to the strong macroeconomic levers that are driving our market, the calmer, more typical seasonal levels of sales activity we're seeing and why, and an inside perspective on some of the pre-sale projects hitting the marketplace. Okay, let's open things up by taking a look at Canada's economic outlook. Now, the big picture is that the Canadian economy as a whole showed surprisingly healthy performance in Q1. Canada's Q1 GDP growth uh, blew past expectations. This is important because it means that the Canadian economy has now recovered better from the start of the pandemic than that of our American neighbor. And that's a huge sign of productivity across the nation. In particular, the Canadian labor market has been extremely robust, approaching what economists are now terming full employment. And what that really means, Susanna's gonna break it down for us. <laughs> well, as both wage pressures increase and cost of goods soar, businesses will have to pass these increases off to consumers. For our industry, this means increased labor costs on top of rising construction costs for developers. And while the Canadian economy is well positioned overall, it's clearly not immune to the broader economic uncertainty that has clouded global markets. So let's talk more macro. Uh, Emerging countries, which are especially vulnerable to inflation woes, they have been sharply increasing interest rates at a far faster rate than what we're seeing in developed countries. This is a thing. It's meaningful for a number of reasons. Most importantly, with higher interest rates comes tough investment headlines and global investors begin to look for safer havens to place capital. Canada is part of that list. Now, European countries continue to be especially impacted by the Russian-Ukraine conflict with worries Russia may cut off gas exports to European countries as the crisis escalates. Now, in the US, the stock market is also reacting. It's experiencing a bear market territory. This is the first presentation of this type of market in nearly two years. Taken together, this means that all eyes were on the Bank of Canada, which met on June 1st, and hiked the overnight point an additional 50 basis points while signaling even more aggressive moves to come if necessary. And with that, let's take a look at how the pre-sale market is faring in the midst of the recent market shifts. In general, we've seen in the last 60 days a noticeable increase in motivation and incentives to support active pre-sale programs. Executive on the Park in West Vancouver, for example, is offering five years of strata fees included with purchase. This is just one example of several to come. There are a range of projects offering extremely competitive purchaser and realtor credits and bonuses. 
This is often an early sign of a softening market as developers try to sell the back half of their inventory or to get to construction financing if they are in a tempo phase. Our expectation is that this will continue for the next 60 days. So let's talk May. We saw 14 projects launch, bringing approximately 2,300 units to the marketplace across Metro Vancouver. Same month absorptions were actually fairly robust. They hung at 32%, bringing pre-sale absorptions into historic averages for the first time this year. This is important because we're talking about historic averages. Yeah, June is also expected to be strong and carry through this trend. We are forecasting the launches of 16 projects, accounting for over 3,000 units coming to market. The big question is how many are currently reevaluating their market position, given escalating costs and changes in market demand. It seems as if many developers uh, are, who were planning on going ahead and releasing their inventory are now re-looking at whether or not now is the right time. Now, this is obviously a very significant number of releases. June of 2021 saw the release of approximately 1,500 units. That's half of what we're forecasting for this month in a downward trending market. So I think it's fair to say I would not be surprised if at the end of the day, we don't see the full 3,000 come to market and some will reevaluate. I think it's important, right? In particular, we're seeing a flurry of activity in Berquitlam with Band, Alina, Elmwood to launch within very close timeframes. That might be one of the hottest communities in terms of new launches. The strong launch activity is bringing increased prospects and attention to this neighborhood. It's something that we're going to keep a very close eye on. The industry is really watching to try to understand what we can learn from that market and apply to others. Yeah, now speaking of that market, Band by Townline is the most recent collaboration by Townline and Quadrio, located in Berquitlam, adjacent to Landmax Presidia and Anthem's Jinju. Band is differentiating themselves in the market through their lock-off units, which are unique inclusions in a tower. Lock-off homes can be challenging to get approvals for, but are generally attractive to investors and first-time homeowners as well. The lock-off units allow an investor to potentially rent a three-bedroom to two different parties for a greater return. It also allows buyers to live on one side and rent out the other as a mortgage helper. That's not too dissimilar to what many are seeking in the single-family home market. At the time of the filming, the program has performed very well with over 60 firm deals. Rescission rates were on industry standards as well, hovering around 10 to 15%. That's a more historic number. The project launched on the heels of further rate hikes from the Bank of Canada, which likely affected some of that buyer sentiment. We're estimating the overall blend is just over 1120 price per square foot. Uh, that's about $20 price per square foot higher than where the previous launch of Presidia is blending at, as we know today. Now make sure to stay tuned. Elmwood by Marcon will begin writing in mid-June, so expect a sales update from that program in our next episode. I think we got to talk about Alina as well, though. We're excited about this one. Yeah, absolutely. Now, keeping the focus on West Coquitlam, let's touch on one of our very own Alina by Strand. Uh, take a look at these snapshots. This project is so unique in a marketplace that has seen it all. I think what really sets this project apart from these other programs is the incredible thought that has gone into each and every home. The industry has come to expect this from Strand. Expansive living spaces and floor plans that maximize utility are everything in today's marketplace. And that's something that a lot of people say and talk about but in this case it's you know it really does come through in the floor plans and the utility that's been built in homes at alina have not only been meticulously designed strand has worked closely with the most sought after design and construction teams in western canada in pursuit of this one of the kind wellness amenities no question here Suze. now in a market where price matters alina will be a winner on both value and price point make sure that you're registered we'll be hosting a realtor event shortly this isn't a program that you're going to want to miss out on now, Suze, let's dive into some of the resale stats. We've been seeing here, uh, we've been saying here that we expect the market to continue to soften throughout the summer as interest rates continue to climb. 
and we have seen this play out as sales activity dipped for a second month in a row. The key point here is that the total activity has dropped about 10% month over month. This was a much smaller shift than the previous 25% dip we saw the month before. Yeah, overall, this month's activity, it's approximately 13% below the 10-year sales average for this time of year. So while very different from the record months we've all gotten used to, still very much in line with typical sales activity from a historical perspective. In our market, 2,900 sales in a month is actually still quite active. It just feels different because we're on the downward trend instead of the upward trend. The cooling has allowed for more much-needed inventory to come uh, onto and remain on the market with a modest increase in listings from April and the leveling off of pricing creating far less multiple bid conditions. Taken together, the sales to listing ratio in Greater Vancouver continues to be pushed down, dipping below the 30% threshold for the first time since 2020. That's such a good point. And despite the second month of cooling and what you may be hearing in the headlines, we remain in a very tight and strong market for sellers. Vancouver still has some considerable ground in terms of supply levels before we return to a more balanced sales to listing ratio. Below that 20% threshold across all product types that we typically would uh, equate to being a more balanced marketplace. All right, so you know, Suze, let's pick up and pull on that thread a little bit. Now, with all the talk and inflation, I think it'd be really interesting to discuss how will this affect the industry specifically? Yeah, that's right. I think we all know that demand in recent months has seen some cooling, but I've heard very little on the flip side of that equation, which is how supply might be affected by these rising input costs. This is especially true considering typical profit margins on a development can be quite narrow. Any shift in cost does have a huge and drastic effect on the supply of upcoming inventory. Yeah, and what we've really seen is that broken supply chains, rising city fees and building code requirements, rising building material costs, and rising labor costs have come together to create the perfect storm of growing construction costs. Average construction costs in Vancouver have risen between 5 and 25% in just the first quarter of 2022, depending on material. In general, costs have been rising approximately 15% on a year-by-year basis since January of 2020, eclipsing the margins of many developments. And with these rising costs, developers may become more conservative with project launches, creating just yet another strain on supply. Now, it's very likely that we will start seeing developers selling only units that they have to in order to meet the financing and construction obligations and hold back the remainder. So developers are really going to want to understand the cost environment that they're selling into and attempt to mitigate as much risk as possible through minimizing pre-sale transaction. The big fear is that they will be selling homes below replacement value. And so another way of saying that or thinking about that is that they are selling homes below cost. They are losing money on every transaction. Now think about that concept for a moment. And all this coming at a time when buyers were hoping to finally have a brief respite in inventory problems. Yeah, so just to reiterate that, their costs are higher than their revenues. <laughs> um, so this will, uh, and keep in mind raising interest rates too, because that's a cost developers have to take on as well. It's not just homeowners. Um, so this will potentially put projects on hold if the numbers don't work. And in fact, in order to really understand some of the dynamics behind the record price appreciation we just had, we actually have to go back to 2018 when we saw a significant depression in new housing starts. Because the typical build cycle of these developments ranges from two to three years from start to finish, we really felt the effects of that lack of new housing last year when we reached record low levels in inventory. Uh, I think it's a good point. And so coming back to the present 
today, the number of construction employees is down year over year and construction activity overall remains contracted relative to 2016 and 2017 levels. And similar to the surge in demand and pricing over the past 18 months, we feel very strongly that inventory consequences we just shared today have a huge implication for demand 24 to 36 months down cycle. Yeah, in the end, Ryan, it's a delicate and continuous push and pull between supply and demand with a myriad of factors affecting it. We'll be watching things closely here at MLA. From our perspective, consistent immigration, very strong demand for housing, and a significant lack of supply to the new marketplace. Ultimately, we're very optimistic about what this means for the market over the next three to five years. All right, Ryan, now let's turn to this recent market shift that we have all been experiencing. Uh, yeah, Suze, there can understandably be a lot of uncertainty and anxiety on what the next move should be. And that goes for both buyers and developers alike right now. And so for developers, this is a critical time. It's these moments that are the difference makers for long-term viability of communities, right? So that's new housing into marketplaces. It doesn't matter whether it's a master plan in nature or boutique pro-terranean townhouse project, details matter today more than, more than ever. Actually, they've always mattered. And it's the development partners that have been doing this well are seeing the benefits today. This encompasses every aspect of a program from how we think about mix and size of home through to how we storytell and build assets that position the design decisions being made. So I'm going to jump on a soapbox here. The opportunity of our industry today is all about pause and reflection. So how can we learn more from our home buyers and real estate partners, leverage expertise and build value into the offerings? So today the programs that are missing, stalling, and they're just giving away far more than they needed to are the same ones that rushed through rezoning. It's the same ones that sidestepped envisionings. They're the same ones that MVP'd sales excellence and home buyer experiences. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. And for buyers, perhaps especially for those who are feeling like they missed the peak, so to speak, it's important to keep the fundamental realities of our market in mind. Now, Vancouver is internationally considered blue chip, a highly desirable asset and a solid hedge against market uncertainty. While we are not totally immune to larger global market forces, as uncertainty rises, often so too does interest in real estate in areas like Vancouver that are still considered stable by a global perspective. It's also projected that over the next three years, Canada will add about 1.1 million new residents, 100,000 of those every year just to BC. And in fact, just the last year, BC's net immigration broke a record of the highest amount since the 1960s. At full capacity, we struggle to deliver 25,000 new homes for rental or for new home ownership. Yeah, let alone what we're actually gonna need. <laughs> and this isn't exclusive for primary homeowners. Uh, investors can also have confidence in a strong rental market. Rental rates in BC have skyrocketed and Vancouver in particular has seen the highest annual change across the entire nation. Overall, we're not claiming that the Vancouver real estate market is immune to cycles and shifts clearly, but we really are in one of the world's most desirable areas to live. And in the real estate industry, that's the underlying fundamental. If you found some value in today's episode, hit that like button and subscribe to our channel, Newswire, our daily email roundup of the latest real estate news. Subscribers get early access to pre-sale pulse, market insights, and the latest projects breaking ground. Alina, coming soon. Now, our internal MLA advisory team is active in all major markets, providing actionable intelligence across Canada. So reach out to us using the links below. We can provide market data, information on a specific marketplace, or recommendations on product design. You heard from Sue's first, that's gonna matter contact us by visiting the links below. And lastly, we want to hear from you. Leave a comment if you have any questions or want us to speak about any trends or insights not mentioned in today's episode. We enjoy hearing from our peers and want to ensure that the Pre-Sell Pulse is your preeminent source of real estate intelligence.